Chapter Thirteen of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. No Quarter by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter Thirteen. Looking forward to a fight some truth there was in the report that had reached rob wilde of the king being chased out of london though not literally chased after his display in the house of commons ludicrous as unconstitutional he found the metropolis too hot for him moreover there was a whisper about impeaching the queen and this arch intrigante notwithstanding her high notions of royal right was now in a fit of royal trembles strafford had lost his head loud was in prison likely to lose his how knew she but that those bloodthirsty islanders might bring her own under the axe they had done as much for a queen more beautiful than she mobs daily paraded the streets passing the palace the cry no bishops came in through the windows and charles trembled as he thought of his father's significant epigram no bishop no king so out of whitehall they swept first to windsor to pack up the queen in fine clearing out of the country by dover to holland it was a backstairs skedaddle with her carrying off as much plunder as she could in the scramble chests of jewels of unknown but fabulous value as that represented as having been found in the isle of monte cristo enough at all events to hold court abroad maintain regal surroundings even raise an army for the reconquest and reenslavement of the people she had plundered it is unpleasant to reflect on such things far more having to speak of them sad to think that though england is two centuries and a half older since charles stuart and henrietta de medici did all in their power to outrage her people and rob them of their rights this same people is to-day not a whit the wiser the late liberal victory as it is called may be urged as contradicting this allegation but against that is to be set the behaviour of england's people as represented by their parliament for the last six years sanctioning and endorsing deeds that have brought a blight on the nation's name and a cloud over its character it will take centuries to clear off and against that too the spirit which seems likely will pervade in this new legislative assembly and the action it will take when the long parliament commenced its sittings the patriots composing it never dreamt of letting crime 
go unpunished instead their first thoughts and acts were to bring the betrayers of their country to account off with his head so much for strafford to the tower with laud and the twelve recalcitrant bishops clear out the star chamber and high commission court abolish monopolies loans of privy seal ship tax coal and conduit money with the other iniquitous imposts and presto all this was done as by the wand of a magician though it was the good genius then guiding the destinies of england off went stafford's head to the tower was taken log and the infamous royal edicts of a decade preceding were swept from the statute book as by a wet sponge passed over the score of the tapster's slate what do we do now what here a new parliament entering on power under circumstances so like those that ushered in the law as to seem almost the same and in ministry gone out who have outraged the nation as much as did the straffords digbys and louds but how different the action taken toward them no bill of attainder talked of no word of impeachment not even a whisper about voting want of confidence instead of being sent to prison as the culprits of sixteen forty they of eighteen eighty walk out of office and away with a free jaunty step and air of bold effrontery blazoned with decorations and brand-new titles bestowed on them a very shower as the sparks from the catherine wheel verily was the lot of thomas wentworth earl of strafford laid in unlucky times had he lived in these days so far from losing his head it would have been surmounted by a ducal coronet and laud already at the top of the ecclesiastical tree with no possibility of hoisting him to higher earthly honors would have had heavenly ones bestowed on him by being enrolled among the saints though merely writing a romance who will say that in this matter i am romancing the man that does must be what sir richard walden pronounced him who is not a republican and back to sir richard's dictum i refer him soon as charles had got his queen safe out of harm's way he betook himself to york there to enter upon more energetic action for there he felt safer himself surrounded by a host of hot partisans in political sentiment what a curious reversion had taken place since then between the capitals of the north and south almost an exchange then york was all royalist and as a consequence filled with the foes of liberty london full of its friends now the former has mounted to the very hilltop 
of liberal aspiration the latter sunk into the slough of a shameful retrogression but the thing is easily explained those who dwell in the kingdom's capital are nearer to the source of contamination there bung and beetledom with their vested rights hold sway there the scribblers who wear plush find encouragement and promotion while the corrupting influence of modern finance has nursed into life and strength a swarm of gamblers in stocks promoters of bubble companies tricksters in trade and music-hall cads a sorry replacement of the honest mercers and trusty apprentices of the parliamentary times once separated from his parliament the king had an instinct that all friendly intercourse between it and himself would soon be at an end this nursed into conviction by the herefords digbys and other like chicks who formed his entourage active became he now in adopting precautions and taking measures to sustain himself in the struggle that was imminent and now more industrious than ever in the way of money-raising anew granting monopolies and sending letters of privy seal all over the land wherever there seemed a chance of enforcing their demands for demands they were, as we have seen. Sir John Wintour had been entrusted some scores of these precious epistles with authority to deliver them, collect the proceeds, and send them on to replenish the royal exchequer. And it was one such Reginald Trevor saw torn into scraps on the porch of Hollymead House this same sir john was what scotchmen would call a tanny cheel courtier and private secretary to the queen he had come in for a goodly share of pilferings from the public purse among other jobs having been endowed with the stewardship of the forest of dean with all its privileges and perquisites appointed one of the commissioners of the array for west gloucestershire he had built him a large mansion in the neighbourhood of lydney the white house as called though it is not there now he with his own hand having afterwards set the torch to it but then on the clearing out of the court from london sir john had cleared out too going to his country residence by severn's side which he at once set about placing in a state of defence none more clearly than he foresaw the coming storm it seemed to him near now when reginald trevor returned to the white house and reported his reception at hollymead with the defiant message to himself and his king but sir john was not a man of hot passions or hasty resolves long experience as a courtier had taught him to
to subdue his temperature or in all events the exhibition of it so instead of bursting forth into a furious display he quietly observed don't trouble yourself captain trevor about what ambrose powell has said or done it won't help his case any but he added reflectingly there seems no particular call for haste in this business besides i am expecting an addition to the strength of our little garrison to-morrow or maybe the day after we shall have with us a man if i mistake not known to you who sir john colonel thomas lunsford oh certainly i know lunsford well he was my superior officer in the northern expedition ah yes now i remember well i have word of his being en route hither with some stanch followers when he has reported himself allowing a day or two for rest we'll beat up the quarters of this recusant and make him repent his seditious speech as for the money he shall pay that every pound or i'll squeeze it out of him if there's stock on this holly made estate or chattels in his south worth so much there was something in the recusant's house reginald trevor thought worth far more one of the recusant's daughters of that however he made no mention to speak of it lay not in the line of his duties and even thinking of it was now not near so sweet as it had been hitherto little he liked colonel lunsford he would that night have been glad of him for a boon companion in the bowl to help drown the bitter resemblance of his adventures of the preceding day End of chapter thirteen